welcome to the Win Daily Podcast. My name is Phil Nasons, and I'm the host of this podcast, this daily podcast. And we have coronavirus problems out there. We have no sports except for esports, which really aren't sports. And it is what it is. I mean, to each his own. Go have fun. And we have plenty of content available for that in our Discord chat. But today I thought we'd talk a little bit about handicapping the NHL. And joining me today is one of our writers. He's our NHL guy for the most part. He's the man behind Zach's Puck Picks. Please welcome Zach to the show. Zach, what's happening, dude? Oh, not a lot. I'm just in uh, winter in Calgary, so it's uh, there's still a lot of snow on the ground. So this uh, this quarantine is literally in house. Um, but I mean, I can't complain. It's it's nice to slow down a little bit. Yeah, I, I got slowed down to an absolute crawl, but I'm feeling that. You know what? I, I have the opportunity to explore opportunities, which is great. And uh, it's been a weird time, though, for me. This should be like the busiest time of the year for me with the NC2A basketball tournaments. And there'll be, there's more than just the NCAA tournament. And also with the NHL and NBA and Major League Baseball was supposed to start Thursday. So this was supposed to be a busy time, and now it's really not. But that's okay because it gives us a chance to take a step back and to um, really take a look at what we do. And one of the things I wanted to ask you, and we can talk about this a little bit, what do you think is an important trait? Well, I'm sure there's several, and we'll get into those. But what do you think is an important trait for an NHL handicapper to have? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think it's important to have a short memory. Um, no matter the wins and losses and how you do, I mean, there's going to be good nights. You're going to have bad nights and you're going to have mediocre nights. Um, you're hoping that there's going to be more good nights and mediocre nights than bad nights. But, um, I think you take a quick look back, you see what you did right, you see what you did wrong, and then you clear your head and move on to the next day. Um, you take some notes on the losses and what you could do better. Um, but yeah, I think you need to clear your head and, stick with your process. I mean, your process is something that has created success for you. So you got to trust that process. Um, never get too high on the good days. never get too low on the bad days. And, um, yeah, make sure that you clear your head before you start doing your research for the next day. So nothing's lingering, uh, for your research, uh, no matter how bad a team is or how good a team is, you got to stick to the, the stats in your research. Um, I guess it's a lot like a cliche hockey interview. <laughs> well, it's okay. You know what? It all revolves for me around discipline. That's basically what you said. Yeah. It's all about discipline. Yeah. Handicappers, the best ones, have discipline. You know, I, I get up every morning at 4 a.m. I, I, I'm not now because I have no reason to. And, and I have a routine that I follow every single day for every sport. It's the same one. It's outlined in my book, in fact. It's out now. It's called Betting Baseball 101. I had to get that in there, Zach, because I still have to make a living through this. And it's been, the sales have been great. And what I, one of the things I talk about is discipline. If you don't have the discipline to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, and know when to run, uh, words by Kenny Rogers, one of my former clients in Las Vegas, in fact. But uh, if you don't know those things, then you need to move on. I, I love what you said 
about having a short memory. That's one of the things that got me in trouble this year a little bit with NHL. I, I could have done better for my customers and for the readers and everyone else. You don't know, like the Columbus Blue Jackets. I, I live in Ohio currently, and I saw how awful they were at the beginning of the season. Remember how awful they were? Oh, they're terrible. Yeah, and they're I wrote terrible. The, uh, they are. You know, they're not very good now, but but for some reason, and you said it in your uh, in our roundtable part two, coaching matters in the NHL. And, and one of the things that, and I'm a Rangers fan, so Tortorello is somebody I'm very familiar with, and I'm very familiar with the fact that he's very successful. He's also very abrasive and very difficult to play for at times. But they rallied around him, or he rallied them. They start to get healthy, but all that while, I'm already thinking they suck. I'm not going with them. And then they ripped off that long winning streak. So discipline, short memory, that's good too. You know, another thing that I think is important for handicappers is, like you said, that process. Trusting your process. I know it sounds like a cliche, right, from the Philadelphia 76ers, trust the process. But it is true. (laughs) It is true, though, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, you need to um, – I've actually created a sheet for myself that, you know, you look at the stats, you look at, you know, you look at the same stats, you look at the same the same process every game, and it's it, it started to come around for me, especially in February there. I know it did. I, I saw that too. And I remember we talked about this privately uh, on how some of these things should be too. You know, that's the other thing is, you know, you never want to get too proud you know, there are people out there who might know more about it than you. And when they're yeah. willing to help you, you know, you should probably listen. You know, a lot of guys, that, you know what happens? This is this is one of the things I learned very young when I was working in Las Vegas is that uh, everyone thinks that they know sports. But Frank Rosenthal taught me that the public is usually wrong. So fade the public. He didn't say fade. He said fuck the public is what he said. But at the end of the day, you know, his his whole goal was to separate the public from their cash, and he was very good at it. And if you walk into any sports book in America, he's the pioneer of that. It was him that started all those things. All these tricks and bonuses and such, all of those things Frank Rosenthal taught, and Frank Rosenthal instilled and installed in these value systems that the sports books still use today. So I would think that one of those traits would be is not getting too happy or excited about what the public thinks, right? Oh, definitely. Definitely. There's uh, I mean, yeah, you're right. Everybody knows, everybody thinks they know sports. Um, but I think a lot of it, I mean, you gotta, you gotta do your research. You gotta look at the stats and, and, uh, especially with, um, I mean, I think we'll get into this, especially with um, win streaks and and how teams are doing against another team. I mean, I think those are two very important things to look at, um, which a lot of the general public isn't going to do that sort of research. They're just going to say, oh, this team's on a five-game winning streak. Of course they're going to win. So, Well, one of the things that the public likes to do is bet with their heart. And that's something that I talked is- about in my book, you know. I'm a Rangers fan, but I'm also a realistic guy. In fact, you know, I talk about I'm a fan of this and a fan of that. I'm a fan of a lot of things, but mostly I'm a fan of being right. 
And if you can't be right at least 53% of the time, you're in big trouble. And one of the ways to be wrong is to follow your team. Or, or here's a better one. Hey, I'm going to hang out with my friends and watch the uh, Calgary Flames play. And I'm going to bet on Calgary to beat Edmonton tonight. Now, maybe they have a chance, but did you even look at the game? Did you even notice who's in and out? Um, like you said, pre hockey, more than any other sport, is predicated on the past, isn't it? It definitely is. It's, uh, I mean, <laughs> speaking of Calgary, if you look at their history in Anaheim, I think they lost 29 games straight in Anaheim. Right. Uh, you you put that in your article, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, it was a big talking point in Calgary for years. As soon as the Flames were going down to Anaheim, you could chalk it up as a loss, no matter who was playing or who wasn't playing. But, uh yeah, no, I think it's um, definitely history plays a big part. Um, whether it's who's playing well, who's on a who's on a run, or definitely looking at the uh, the team's path. I mean, hockey changes so much. There's so many trades and movement and young guys coming into the game. So I think if you kind of look at the last three seasons, that's sort of a a good basis for for um, how teams are doing against another team. That's a very good point too, because but they still hold grudges, and, and more than any other sport that I found, even former NHL players of a team still call it their sweater. You know what I mean? Hey, the Canadians—that's that's my sweater. That's still my team. You know they, and and that bad blood lingers sometimes. That's why we see some fights that we might not normally see in hockey, because of oh. that. Because these veterans talk it up in that dressing room, and, and that's a tough place to be. But when you talk about betting, when you talk about betting NHL hockey games, you got any tips about betting hockey on the money line? Because this is where the game is. It's the money line. The money line runs revolves around everything, right? Definitely. It's definitely the most popular. I mean, I've heard, heard guys going to the over-under, but... I mean, you never know when a goalie's going to get on a hot streak and win the game for you. So, uh, definitely, the money line is is the place to to start, anyways. Um, but yeah, I mean, as I've you've seen or you've said on pod your podcast before, um, Vegas makes money doing this, mm-hmm. playing sports betting, or else they wouldn't do it. So, I mean, you have to look at the lines. You have to do your research. Um, I like what you said in our round table um, when you mentioned that uh, if the minus between minus 15 plus or sorry, minus 150 and plus 150, um, if it's above minus 150 and it doesn't hit, those ones seem to hurt more than the rest of them do. Of course they do. Um, yeah. And I mean, as you said, Vegas is good. So if you're looking at the plus 150 and you think that's going to hit, I mean, I've hit a few. My first big bet was uh, between Tampa Bay and New Jersey. And I mean, we're having a nice conversation now, but we'll have to talk about you like in the Rangers because I'm a huge Devils fan. <laughs> um, that's not going to change. But, uh, the first the first bet that I ever hit was uh, between the Lightning and and New Jersey, and right. I think the bet was plus one ninety eight, 
um, on the puck line for Tampa Bay. And New Jersey had not played well at all that season and were in the playoffs against Tampa Bay the year before. And I just, it was one of those things I knew. But again, you're not going to hit one of those. It's very few and far between. So staying in between that minus 150 and plus 150 value is uh, is definitely where I'd look at starting out. Yeah, that's that's my that's where I start out. It's not to say that I wouldn't like recommend a minus 180 because I have. I will never recommend anyone over minus 200 in any sport, including tennis. When I see someone who does that in any sport, over minus one two hundred, over minus two hundred. They're an amateur, and there are people I will I will never listen to them again. Now I know guys who offer just tell people that they pick things. You know we're talking about handicappers. We're not talking about gamblers. We're talking about handicappers. If a handicapper recommends anything over minus two hundred, he's a hack, and you walk away from him. There's never a time when you want to do that because you're going to have to put up two hundred bucks to win one hundred dollars. And that's too much risk and not enough reward or hardly any reward, and it's not worth your time. That's what I was taught, well, one of the first things I was taught. Because I remember asking the bookmakers, the odds makers at Caesars, where I was employed as the tennis pro for a year or so before I moved on to DI, but they said to me, he said, this is how we pick the suckers. This is fishing for suckers. Don't ever do this. So that's one of the first things that I like to do. You know, one of the, what I love to do, though, honestly, what I love to find is an even money game. And when I do find that, sometimes I like to go with the puck line and take the more rested, hotter team, if that's possible. What do you think about that idea? That's, that's definitely not a bad call. Um, I've heard, <laughs> I've heard it. Sneaky little. I mean, it's it's you're hunting, but teams on a on a back to back. The team that's played the night before going into a team that's rested usually wants to come out and try to score as many goals as they can in the first period or the first half of the game. So if you take them to win the first period, you usually have a pretty good shot. But uh, no, I think I think you're right there with the. Uh, if there's a team coming off a of back-to-back and a team that's well rested, usually if you're looking, if you're looking at the a plus 1.5 puck line, you're uh, you usually have a really good shot for the game. Right, exactly. Now I like playing the puck line though, and, and I've been pretty good at it. You know, before you came along, I was writing some hockey picks, but then I, I stopped because I was writing them with you. But uh, I would send you those from my actual full-time job and and I was doing pretty good but the money line you know when you look at that line and you see these teams a lot of people take that money line and they say you know what the home team usually wins but hockey's different because in hockey the home crowd doesn't maybe do it for the teams like the others because of the other sports home and away means nothing does it well, especially when you look at teams like uh, Florida or, you know, Arizona, where you don't get many people, and I mean, you're 
your hometown is a ghost town. It's not, it, it doesn't really, uh, I mean, maybe it does give you an advantage because you're used to the quiet and the whole OA team isn't, but, uh, no, I don't, I don't think it's the same as say, a, a soccer or basketball or something like that, where your, your home crowd's going to go nuts for you. You know, there's some teams like if you look at, let's look at the Eastern conference to just kind of prove my point. Boston has a winning home record. Tampa Bay, winning home record. Washington, winning, I'm sorry, winning away records for Boston, Tampa Bay, and Washington. The Flyers are one game above 500 on the road. Pittsburgh is two games over 500. Carolina has a winning record on the road. Toronto has a winning record on the road. Uh, the New York Islanders, who might not make the playoffs, have a winning record on the road. The New York Rangers have a, an amazing record on the road. Winning record. Florida has a winning record on the road. And the rest of the teams don't. But you're looking at the first 13 teams or four, 12 teams in the NHL with winning road records. You won't see that in any other sport. No, definitely not. Um, that actually surprised me about Philadelphia because Carter Hart's been absolutely terrible on the road. But... I guess uh, I guess Elliot's been been pulling out most of the wins on the road for them. Maybe so, yeah. But when you look at that and, and you see these things, you, you, the first thing that you uh, ha, uh, some a fan would think is, ah, Boston's playing at home tonight. Or or here's here's let me see which is the team I was thinking about. Oh, here we go. The New York Rangers, for example, eighteen sixteen and two at home at Madison Square Garden. They're actually better on the road. That's true. That's very true. Yeah, there's... I I think the Flames are in the same boat. I think they actually... They've won more on the road than they have at home. Yeah, they have. They're 20-14-3 and three on the road. And, and the same holds true with most of the Western Conference. St. Louis has a winning road record. Colorado does. Vegas does, and they usually aren't. Edmonton has a winning road record. Dallas has a winning road record. Winnipeg has a winning road record. Calgary has, well, as you mentioned, has a winning road record. Nashville has a better record on the road than they do at home. Yeah. And the rest of the teams in the in the Western Conference are below five hundred on the road. Yeah, that's going to make for a hell of a playoffs. Yeah. Oh, whatever they decide to do, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be quite interesting to see to see what they've got going on here. So, the, to, I guess the reason we brought that up is because a lot of times these road teams are on the plus side, the underdog side of the of the money line, and those are solid bets. But that's why Vegas does it because they know that teams will usually go with the home team. And players and gamblers will usually side with the home team, betting with their heart. Big mistake. Now, we talked about the playoffs a little bit. What do you think is going to happen? I'm absolutely sure that the NHL will resume this year at some point and finish this season. They don't want to lose any more money. What do you think the playoffs are going to look like? Well, I was reading a, an article on NHL.com from uh, Commissioner Gary Bettman and, um, oh, I can't remember the other guy's name, Bill, Bill Daly, I believe. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and basically what it said to quote a green, quote a green day song is all they know is that they don't know anything. Um, it's, I think it's got a lot to do with the timeline, um, of when they come back. Uh, I've seen that they have proposed a schedule where they're going to actually complete the regular season. Um, so they'd say June and July, they'd finish the season and then August and September would be playoffs. They'd take October off and then get back to the 2020, uh, 21 season in November. Um, which I mean, I would love personally because you get more hockey, there's more, there's more money to make there's, and it would make it fair because right now there's a lot of teams with, I mean, Montreal's played 71 games, um, Winnipeg's played 71 games and they're in the playoffs compared to teams like Vancouver and Minnesota who are, who've played two less games and are sitting two points out. Um, so I think, I think they have to, and whatever they decide to do, they have to come up with some situation to make it fair. Um, there've been talks about the bubble teams playing a one game playoff or some type of tournament to get in. Mm -hmm. I that doesn't seem like the best idea, but at least it would give them a chance to get in. Um, and then they've also been talking about expanding the playoffs to 24 teams so that the bubble teams get into the playoffs and the top two teams in each conference um, have a bye. So there's that option too. I think a lot of it comes down to, as I said, the timeline um, when this whole coronavirus quarantine finishes and how much time they want to have between between the seasons. You know, those are good points. At tennis, they usually have a play-in thing. for uh, They have the seeded players already. Some tournaments they do this. Junior tournaments mostly. Where, and then the rest of the field kind of tries to play in. I don't like that idea. I like the idea of them coming back in June playing the remainder of the season, playing the playoffs, taking a month back, having a two-week training camp, and going right back to work. They might have to play more back-to-backs. I don't think they're going to mind because they're going to be losing money to these players, and they're not going to want to continue to lose money, nor will the owners. At some point, the sport's going to come back. I, I think it's going to come back sooner than later. I think they're trying to put measures in place for that to happen. Hockey's too physical and too serious a sport. And the playoffs are so much better than any other sport around. You know, and I'm a basketball guy, really. But I'd rather watch the NHL playoffs. And it'll be fun to watch them, especially if they give these teams the opportunity to play out the remainder of their schedules. It'll be almost like a training camp, but with, with some uh, seriousness behind it. You know what I mean? There, there's an emphasis they have to win still, so it it could be a lot yeah. more. It could be a lot more fun, and that leads me to the next thing I want to ask you because I think this is the most important thing that we need to stress when we talk about handicapping for hockey during this hiatus. What are some of the things you think we should be focusing on during the hiatus? Um, well, to take this question on a, a, another angle i'm not going to be looking at the team's momentum um right i mean with the break i think you're basically starting the season over again right i mean 
guys aren't I well, I don't think guys are skating, you know, the all that momentum that they may have had, you know, talking about the Islanders. I think this comes at the best this break comes at the best time for the Islanders because they were playing some absolutely dreadful hockey before the break. Right. Um but I mean now if they decide to bring the season back, they've got a new chance to to put some wins together and make the playoffs and um so I yeah, I won't be looking at 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 the uh the recent wins and losses and and how teams doing on hot streak, but I think what becomes more important is the recent play the recent games played against those teams um that they're playing that night. Um another thing I'll be looking at, we talked about Columbus, um, Pittsburgh and Colorado. They're happy for the stoppage too because, you know, they're gonna get top goal scorers back and players that are injury or that are out on the injury report. So that's something I'll be keeping an eye on to see if the McKinnons and the Rantanins of the world are gonna come back. Um yeah, I think those are probably the two most important things that I'm looking at. Because if you know Columbus can get some of their goal scorers back, they might they might be able to make even more of a run than they already have. They've got the goaltending to do it, but they definitely need some goal scoring. And I mean, Pittsburgh's been so up and down. If they can get some some of their injuries back, they might they might be able to put a little bit of a run together as well. Even though they're in the playoffs right now, they might be able to to better their standings a little bit. The main thing I'm looking at, injuries. That's that's yeah. the key here. Um, we have teams with goaltending injuries who will be healthy. I would say the majority of teams will get all their players back by the time this comes back. And and that's going to make a big difference. I mean, you know, the McKinnons of the world matter. They score goals against anybody. And when you have a player like that off your roster for an extended period of time, it hurts. It hurts everything. It hurts the chemistry. You know, hockey's a lot about hockey's a team sport. A lot of it has to do with chemistry. You know, that's why coaches are constantly moving and switching lines, you know, looking for that perfect chemistry. And when you lose a goal scorer like McKinnon, forget about it. You're done. And that and that's a big thing for me. So what I'm going to continue to do is read the beat writers every day. I'm still focusing on my three teams because of from my three team strategy, that is the main emphasis that I have in handicapping is I begin with three teams. And I would suggest that if anyone's out there that they begin studying just three teams and only wagering on those three teams when the NHL returns and get a feel for those three teams. Obviously, you're going to want to choose playoff teams or teams that are probably in there, which is fine. Do whatever and learn all that you can about these teams. Learn about the injuries, too. Look at game logs. Game logs matter because when a McKinnon goes down, you can see the line of uh, production go down, too. Now, some teams don't miss a beat, but some teams do. And this is a perfect opportunity for you to go back in time throughout the season See when these players are hurt. And then go back against these past matchups by looking at the schedule and see how they did and who they were missing on that day. That's a big part of hockey. If you miss a big score, you might be you might get away with it for a game or two, but over time, it's going to wear you down. It's going to hurt your team because these are elite 
goal scorers, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, a lot of the teams, um, especially in this new salary cap era, well, I guess it's not really new, but as with the salary cap era, you don't have the depth that you, that you used to. I mean, you don't see the the big all-star teams. I mean, you still sort of do in basketball, but it, they're not in hockey. You don't have that depth. I mean, if you you look at, I mean, the NBA playoffs last year, there's an asterisk beside the Raptors because the Golden State Warriors were missing half their players. The same thing happens in hockey. I mean, Colorado's got to be breathing a sigh of relief that they can get Rantanen and McKinnon back because if they didn't have those two going into the playoffs, I mean, they're pretty comfy right now, but if they didn't have those two for the playoff run, I think they'd be in trouble. I think you're right. Man, I tell you what, this has been a great, great time talking hockey with you. I hope we can do this again next week, dude. That would be awesome. We'll look at the teams a little closer then, but I'll tell you what, the most important thing to do is prepare for these seasons to come back. We've got a lot of time on our hands. I get the whole eSports thing. I get the fact that you need some action. But in reality, once the sports comes back, are you going to be fooling around with that? Take a little time and get a system down. Figure some things out. Pay attention. And I promise you, you'll have a much more successful betting season. All right, that's going to wrap it up for... I'm sorry, go ahead. And read your book. I mean, you got the time. You got to read Phil's book. It's gonna, it's gonna give you a lot of insight for baseball. But you can use those same principles for all the sports. That's the fun part. And thanks a lot, exactly. Zach, for plugging that thing for me. The, you know, when we talk hey, about, just wait. go ahead. I'm waiting for your audio book to come out. I'm excited for it. Yeah, well, I don't think I'm going to do that. But uh, <laughs> you know, I actually, I probably could. I have the time and I have the equipment. Maybe I will do that. But you know what? One thing about Zach. One of the reasons I brought Zach on the team is he competed in my uh, 30-day challenge. And he showed some exceptional discipline, okay? He might not have cracked the 50% mark or 52% mark, but he showed exceptional discipline. His system never changed. You know, he tweaked it a little bit here and there, but he had come up with a great system. He was after it every day. And I got to tell you, it started to come together, and it's sad that that freaking coronavirus had to wreck what was starting to become a very dependable and cash-winning column called Zach's Puck Picks. And I can't wait for hockey to return, Zach. It's, it's, yeah, it's killing me not to watch hockey right now, I'm or sure. any sports for that matter. Yeah, see, I, I'm alright because, you know, it's funny, I watch sports, but most of the time I'm watching numbers, so I had to stop being a fan to be a handicapper. I think I made the right choice. Alright, Zach, thanks for being here. Y'all have a great day. Be safe out there. Be smart, be sensible. Let's get this thing behind us, and let's get back to sports. I'm Phil Nasons, Cash with Flash. Thanking you for listening to another episode of the Wind Daily Podcast.